Hello, fellow traveler on this treacherous, mysterious, very long yet very short journey called human incarnation. This is your host, Tanya, and you are listening to the MetaMystic Podcast. Hello, MetaMystic Podcast listeners, and welcome to the very first episode of the year 2021. And first of all, if you're here, congratulations, you made it. 2020 is behind us and we have a new year ahead and that's an exciting thing and we have an amazing episode for you today uh, with a guest that I think you're going to love as much as I do but first I just wanted to take a quick moment to check in and see how's it going uh, the first couple of weeks of 2021 have been pretty crazy so far and if the last couple of days have been any indication of how this year may go, we could be in for quite the ride, maybe not, who knows. Uh, But if you're here in the United States like I am, you may be feeling a general sense of tension in the collective air. And so I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that a lot of us are struggling right now And some of us may be feeling some nervousness about the days ahead. We have the uh, presidential inauguration in the U.S. in just a couple of days. uh, We have gone through some craziness, um, including the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. And... If you're like me, and to be honest, every other millennial I know, you may be feeling just a general sense of fatigue after living through your like hundredth by this point (laughs) historic event since you were in middle school. Um, So a lot of us are feeling uneasy right now and kind of scattered. And I think it's important to remember that wherever we are on the path, it's okay to be where we are. And it's important to acknowledge where we're at. Uh, There is a saying that healing is not linear. And I try to keep that in mind in moments like this. Uh, You know, to be honest, I've been feeling a lot of general scatteredness and kind of all over the place in the last couple of weeks. And um, it's taken me a minute to just allow myself to acknowledge that. And I think it's also important to keep in mind that um, it's always a great time to just recommit to our own wellness and our own well-being. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably already know that I have a lot of uh, opinions and a lot to say about the topic of wellness as a whole, especially wellness culture and the alternative spiritual movement and some of the trends we've been seeing in these spaces. And I'm still concerned about many of the things we've been talking about, uh, but I think it's important to acknowledge how important it is to take time for ourselves um, and our own well-being so that we can remember um, the things that make life worth living. And uh, while I will remain critical more than likely in 2021 of, um, 
you know, the misinformation and conspiracy theories we see in wellness spaces. And I'm still concerned about the hate speech being disguised as esoteric knowledge and the self-care movement being transformed into some kind of toxic individualism that isn't good for anyone. I'm very concerned about all of these things, but I think it's important to not only be focused on the things that I'm critical of and the things that we see as problematic in our communities, but to also remember the things that we love and why we continue to return to these practices in the first place. And something my guest and I talked about in this conversation is the idea of being of service. And once we ground our self-care practices in service to our communities and our neighbors and our families, things can really transform. And I think that's something that's going to be so important for, I know for myself to keep in mind in the days ahead. Um, and I, and I think that it might be for you too, uh, just a thought, <laughs> but, uh, with that until before we get into the episode, um, I just wanted to leave you with a thought that I have been thinking about a lot lately from the late great modern philosopher, Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure you've all heard this a billion times by now, but it bears repeating. Uh, Mr. Rogers would say that when he was a little boy and he would see something scary in the news, his mom would say to him to look for the helpers because you'll always find people who are trying to help. And to be honest, I can't think of a better or more simple sentiment to keep in mind as we head into this new year um, that we can always find the helpers if we look hard enough in any given situation. And hey, if you can't find a helper, why not become one? Uh, So I'm so excited for today's episode, we have the amazing Jasmine Ray of Jasmine Ray Coaching on the pod. Uh, Jasmine is a doctor of physical therapy, a happiness coach, an intuitive life strategist, and a breathwork facilitator. And I will have all of the links to find and connect with Jasmine in the show notes for this episode. I think you're going to love this conversation. So welcome to the podcast, Jasmine Ray of Jasmine Ray Coaching. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Jasmine, just for our listeners, can you briefly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing recently? Yes. So I am a doctor of physical therapy. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've been a physical therapist for five years. And when I first started as a new grad, I started in a neuro clinic. So I was seeing patients who just had strokes, spinal cord injuries, brain injuries, um, that kind of thing. And a lot of the population that I was seeing, I noticed, you know, the events could have possibly been prevented through lifestyle change. So two weeks after I started as a PT, I actually started my own online fitness coaching business to help people prevent these things from potentially happening, especially people around my age. And that 
developed into a curiosity of learning more about the mind and motivation to help myself and my clients stay on track with our fitness goals. And then that kind of led into a more holistic approach, a mind, body, soul approach in terms of health and wellness. And so that's actually what my business is, is about right now. So amazing. And um, do you have any specific examples of some of the transformations you've seen after taking some of these approaches? Yes. So awareness is a huge, huge piece to health and wellness, I feel like, and well-being overall. Mm-hmm. When we're aware that when we have maybe an issue we need to address or a tool that we can bring to that issue, then we basically have the keys to transformation. And so becoming aware of how the mind works and how we perceive things and that we always have a choice in how we react to something going on outside of us, that was huge. And the other piece was learning about simple tools to manage the mind, including tapping, Um, also known as EFT or the emotional Uh freedom technique and breath work. And speaking of breath work, you are teaching breath work classes now. Uh, What got you interested in that specific modality? Yes. So I've been interested in breath work since 2016. Actually, I stumbled upon a class where it was being taught and I wanted to make it a more consistent practice. However, life happens, right? And it kind of got pushed to the back burner. However, in 2020 with everything happening, um, I felt like it was a good time to return to that as a practice and to look more into it. And so I came across this specific technique called Revelation Breathwork. I started taking classes, I think it was in April of 2020 and just completely fell in love with with the technique. And what I loved about it is that it's set alongside a musical playlist that's been curated. And I love that part. And so I decided to jump into the facilitator training in June and August and have been offering classes and doing it ever since. That's awesome. And I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with breath work from maybe just taking a yoga class and maybe being exposed to pranayama, which is a favorite of mine or something like that. Um, but I noticed on your website that some of the classes you take are more of like a 45 minute long uh, breath work course. So what could a person going into one of those classes ex- expect as opposed to like what you would be doing in a yoga class? Yeah, that's a good point. There are a lot of different active breathwork techniques. And so this is just one of many. For revelation breathwork, essentially what we do is we come into the class. It's all virtual right now, of course, but you come into the class and you're lying down, you're in a comfortable position, pillow underneath your knees, just getting nice and settled and relaxed. I lead you through a grounding, calming the nervous system, calming the mind, setting the intention the class. And then there is a nine song playlist where we're breathing in and out through the mouth. It goes belly, chest, exhale, repeat (laughs) for nine songs. And the songs, we start off slow and then we build up the pace. And then 
after that active breathing portion for about like 30 to 35 minutes, there's about eight to 10 minutes of just restful breathing in and out through the nose with really nice, calming spa-like music. And then afterwards, there's a moment about five minutes or so to reground, come back to the room, journal if you had had any insights, and then classes complete in about an hour and 15 minutes. Amazing. And um, so, so you've been doing these breathwork classes pretty consistently for the past year, right? Yeah. So I started breathing more consistently starting April of 2020. Uh-huh and started offering them in August. And when I started offering them, I was just offering them once a week. And then I had a participant who was coming and I was like, you know what, let's go ahead and try two times a week. And she inspired me to start breathing at least two times a week. And I've noticed just incredible changes with that consistency. Yeah, I was gonna say, what kinds of changes have you noticed in your own life? I mean, I know for myself, <clears throat> when I've had a really consistent yoga practice and anything where I'm combining breath to movement, I notice so much more cognitive clarity in my day-to-day -day, um, and a lot of, a lot more, um, I guess I would say stillness just in times of chaos and stress. Um, have you noticed the same kinds of things? I have. So what's really cool about this specific breathwork technique is that it's rooted in spiritual psychology. So it was founded by Mara and Jason of Revelation Breathwork, and they created this course where they've combined this technique with spiritual psychology. And the idea with that that I really loved is that we are all able to handle what comes up for us when space is provided mm. and when we have the proper support in place and that the breath does all the healing. And so when you're consistent with this breath work, the first couple of sessions may feel, you may feel resistance come up. You may feel like, you know, this is silly. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. You know, you may feel like you want to get up and leave. However, when you're consistent with it, you find that stillness, just like you talked about. You find how juicy it feels to lay by yourself and just breathe and focus on your breath. Um, so what I've noticed is that it's brought in a sense of calm. It's brought in, or I should say, it's allowed me to release things that maybe were irritating me or maybe fears or worries I've had. Uh, with every session, it's different. So you set the intention. So for instance, one of my intentions might be, you know, to release the worries I'm having currently, or maybe it's to bring in more love, peace, and understanding. And so the breathwork session can change from time to time. But overall, I felt with consistency, it just brings in um, overall feelings of just well-being, as well as solutions to maybe you know, answers that you're, you're seeking. I had one breathwork session that I did on my own and I had 21 ideas just like flood in. I <laughs> had to sit up, I had to take notes and then I went back to breathing, but that's actually one of the reasons why it's called revelation breathwork. So it can boost creativity and, and all those things. So. 
Yeah, I've heard from people like Wim Hof um, and even someone like David Goggins that a lot of those breathwork exercises are helping you to tap into your sympathetic nervous system. Do you know anything about that? And is that where that flow state is coming from, do you think? Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting point you bring up because that's exactly what we're doing with this breathwork technique is we are stimulating the sympathetic nervous system. So essentially our nervous system can be divided up into two parts, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic nervous system, we refer to as rest and digest. It's when we're calm, cool, collective, everything's going well, that kind of thing. And then there's the sympathetic stress response, right? So back in the day when we were being chased by a tiger, bear, lion, whatever, that was the system that automatically turned on for our survival. Mm -hmm. And when we use the breath to tap into that, what we actually can do when we're in a controlled setting is learn how to be more comfortable with that because we're in control. Mm-hmm. With that, there are some physiological changes. So there are some contraindications to this breathwork technique. However, at the end, there can be this, this release um, based on those physiological changes. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, but there's some really great books and resources that talk more about that. Um, and I thought it was so interesting that you're talking about combining this. Are you combining the breath work with EFT in your practice and how is that going and what does that look like? I'm not combining it with EFT oh, at okay. this time. <laughs> However, <laughs> I, I'm on the brink of becoming an EFT certified practitioner and okay. I'm also a life and success coach. And so what I do with my breath work sessions is I do bring in uh, some NLP techniques and mindset techniques to help us really release limiting beliefs and bring in what we we desire. And then we can use the breath to energize those intentions. That's amazing. And um, something that we've been talking about before we started recording uh, was the idea of how useful exercises like breath work can be um, in context of things like trauma and disclaimer, neither one of us are uh, doctors who can specifically talk about um, any anything regarding the merits of like the medical benefits of this. But um, based on my knowledge in my legal practice and working with clients who have post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety and panic attacks, I do know that many of their medical providers are um, recommending breathwork exercises in the midst of these um, events. And so I wanted to just get your thoughts on the importance of having these tools in our toolbox in the year and years ahead, um, given that there are so many chaotic and sometimes scary things going on in the world that can cause a lot of trauma for us. Yes. So the thing is, is that we're all different and how one event affects one person can be completely different from another person. I think the biggest thing to know here and to note is that 
we each are responsible for our own health and for seeking the help and support and guidance that we need. So with trauma, I mean, it can affect our nervous system and a heightened nervous system can produce different symptoms, including pain, which is what I, I treat as a physical therapist. So it's really important that we, for ourselves, become aware of what helps us to release stress from our nervous system. And that's where we're talking about all these tools. So meditation is a great tool to release stress, yoga, breath work. There are so many tools out there. So with that said, you know, if an individual wants to try breath work, because there are so many different types of breath work, I feel like it's within each of our own responsibility to go out there, do our research, try something. And if we're ever uncomfortable with something, we always have the right to say, you know what, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> Change my mind. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. And then on the flip side of the coin, maybe try something that may seem, you know, uh, <laughs> different, but if people are, you know, saying they're having these great benefits and if the interest of the individuals peak to try it and they've done their research and everything's been cleared by their doctor or their medical professional, then to be open and try it because they may stumble upon the perfect for them technique, whether it's revelation breath work or Wim Hof or a specific pranayama technique or even a simple box breath, which is simply breathing into a count of four holding for a count of four, exhaling for a count of four, and then holding at the bottom of that exhale for a count of four. And that will actually stimulate more of that parasympathetic system, the rest and digest. That just makes me think of what you were saying earlier about how um, creating more space allows us to process and integrate these emotions. And I've commonly heard uh, a traumatic event or trauma described as too much, too soon, too fast. And a, a major problem with um, being triggered by a traumatic event, or maybe you've experienced trauma and something extremely stressful happens and you have a really difficult reaction to it, is that you're, you're kind of getting stuck in the stress response to it. And so it makes sense to me that creating more space um, and a little bit of distance between you and the problem would give you a moment to breathe and allow you to actually process and integrate and move through that difficult emotion. A hundred percent. And that's so beautifully stated, because that goes back to what I was mentioning about awareness. We each have to be aware, including of when our nervous system is getting too much, too fast, too soon, so that we could say, oh, whoop, nope, I need to step back and take care of myself. So if there's ever a time where a lot is going on at work, or I turn on the news, or I hear something, or something's going on, I'm sure to manage my nervous system as I'm going through that. So for instance, if I'm going through a busy time at work and maybe something is going on the, on the news, like I will not even turn on the news. I know I'll get that information one way or another. And I take care of my nervous system during lunch when I'm having like a busy day at work um, or vice versa. Like if you know I'm at home for a day and I notice something's going on and I turn on the news, I might watch a little bit of it 
stay informed, see what's going on. And then I might feel myself perhaps getting a little worked up. I don't keep <laughs> watching or scrolling or speaking. I turn it off and I take care of my nervous system and then I move forward and go from there. And it can be so hard sometimes to turn away from the news or the scrolling because the other side of this is that we do get a dopamine shot from some of that stressful stuff out there. And so it can be really hard to look away. I've, I was doing so good throughout quarantine about really being mindful about the media I'm consuming and what I'm taking into my consciousness. But since last week, I've really noticed the news on a lot more. And at a certain point, you got to wonder if it's almost an addictive thing or if you're really just trying to stay informed and there's a thin line there because I think it's really important for all of us that are interested in these topics to stay engaged in the world and to be informed because otherwise we can run into the territory of some spiritual bypassing but at the same time we have to take care of ourselves first and foremost so that we can be effective in the world. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. On the spiritual <laughs> bypassing. So it's, it's interesting because I also have a husband who can watch the news and it doesn't really affect him. Whereas me being, you know, a minority woman, mm -hmm. I take it in, in a different way than he does as a white male. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I think that fine line, it's going to be different for all of us, definitely. And we just have to pay attention to how we're feeling. Um, because some of us will, we can, we can watch the news and be completely calm and fine. And then others, we're literally like, we feel as if we're there, like we're experiencing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's something to be mindful of in terms of the spiritual bypassing. Um, I feel from my perspective, this is my opinion. So we all have a soul and it all, it will, it will nudge us and it will let us know. And we're all here for a reason. We're all here for a purpose. We all have gifts to share. And if we are watching the news and then can't get out of bed because we're kind of depressed or feeling like the world is just so dark and we can't share our gifts that we're here to give. To me, taking care of yourself isn't necessarily bypassing, but it's allowing yourself to fill your cup so that you can mm -hmm. give to the world, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa, um, maybe what looks like spiritual bypassing for like to us may not necessarily be spiritual bypassing for that person. So I think that it's, again, it comes back to our own individual responsibility that we have to, to take credit for, um, but definitely something that we do want to be aware of. Yeah, I think yeah. that's so important. And um, I, I know for myself, when I've always been interested in, in spirituality, um, but when I have really dove head first into it. I, I think I tended to lean more on the just look, throw some love and light on it side. And 
I can recognize that tendency in myself. And so when I see that in the culture, it's really coming from a place I think of um, an awareness of that in myself. And for me, something that's been really important to ground all of this in is the idea of service and being of service. And as long as all of these woo-woo exercises and wellness practices are allowing me to be of service and give my gift to the world, then it's probably okay. But we also need to be aware of the fact that there's a lot we might be unaware of and a lot of places that we're ignorant in and maybe throwing a little love and light on everything isn't going to be the best solution for the moment. So I just really hope that people can keep that in mind. Yes, I agree. Um, with the love and light, like we all love love and light. <laughs> we do. And we live in a physical world. So it's funny you mentioned that because I also have this little mantra, love, light and action, right? Yeah. Whether that is talking to somebody, being of service in some way that comes to you through an idea or another action step. Yeah. Same thing with like manifestation. It's like, we can't just sit on a couch and visualize. We have to take action. And it's the same thing with changing our world is send the love and light and take action. <laughs> Absolutely. And with the manifesting thing, I, I see that a lot too, um, with just positive mindset. And there is this school of thought that, you know, you don't want to it's almost the idea of worrying is praying for something you don't want, which is true. And I wholeheartedly agree with that, but I do think it's important to recognize the real problems in society and be ready to face those in a grounded and responsible way. Yes, I agree. Same, 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 same. And with <laughs> that, what I, what I do think for me personally, when I'm seeing these systems that are in place, that are unjust, mm -hmm. what I focus on, like I see it and I think, well, what do I want to see instead? Oh, I love how, that. how can I focus on creating that world that I want to see? So for instance, something that hits hard for me is um, like homelessness. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to just like see somebody who's homeless and then just think, oh, I don't want to focus on that. Don't want to focus on that. Instead, it's like, no, like, what do I want to see? I want to see that person well. I want to see them fed. How can I create that image, that picture? And then I take action towards that. That's, so. that's such a good spin on it, I think. Um, so for someone who is interested in um, either recommitting to or developing a mindset practice uh, in these very chaotic times. It looks like 2021 is still gonna be quite the ride, even though we were hoping for a little more chill. <laughs> um, right, right. <laughs> what uh, tips do you recommend uh, for people interested in this kind of thing? Yeah, so I have a couple. The first is to practice gratitude because there's always, always, always so much to be grateful for, especially, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you have the hearing, you have the device to listen on, you have the internet. So there's always a 
plethora of things to be grateful for. So if we start our day with gratitude, that can really shift us into a really powerful mindset that we can move forward from. So gratitude is the first suggestion I have. The next suggestion is just connecting with yourself, whether that's a guided meditation or simply just sitting <clears throat> quietly for three minutes and just listening to what your higher self, your soul, whoever has to say to you. And then the next piece is focus on your breath, even if it's simply, you know, if you have an Apple Watch and you have the breath app, turning it on for a minute and just breathing those longer, deeper breaths in and out for simply a minute once a day. So your wellness routine does not have to be complicated. It can be those three simple things to get started. And then from there, you know, if you find something, a tool that piques your interest, you know, do your research, look into it, and just pay attention to how it you feel. Let your feelings be your guide. I love that. Um, I didn't know about that breath app, the breathing app. Can you yeah, get it on it's, your iPhone? it's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's already pre-downloaded on your Apple Watch. I don't oh, okay. know if you can get it on your phone, but all you can do is just grab your phone, set a timer for a minute, and simply breathe into the count of four, breathe out to the count of six, and then do that till your minute timer goes off and you're good to go. Nice. I'm gonna mm. have to try that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so throughout this last year, it sounds like you've been going through a lot of really amazing journeys and experiences. What are some of the major lessons you've learned from the last year? Life is so beautiful. Um, you know, we've all had our hardships and challenges and I don't compare, you know, anyone's lessons to anybody else's because I feel like we go through what we do for a reason. However, one of the things that I've just kept at the forefront of my mind is that one, there is a seed of beauty or opportunity in every adversity or challenge. So anytime I come across any sort of challenge, I think of, of that, I'm like, okay, Where's the lesson? Where's the beauty? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the gift? So, so that's been the main thing. And then the second thing is that we in general as humanity, like we're good. We see a lot of stuff on the news. The news is out there to uh, inform us, of course, but also, I mean, they want viewers. And one of the ways mm -hmm. they get viewers is via those dopamine hits you, you mentioned. And mm -hmm. so they have to present things in a certain way to keep viewers but there are also other resources and sources of all the beauty that's happening in the world. And that's also what I choose to focus on. So those have been my two main, main lessons of 2020, as well as, you know, we're all connected, we're all one. And even though we've been physically separated, I don't think I've ever felt closer to some of my family and my friends in the sense that we still make this effort to support one another, even when we're far apart. And it's been one of the most beautiful things. 100%. I definitely feel that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this new technological connection we all have been feeling, I think, throughout the last year, how that's going to develop after things go back to quote unquote normal. Um, I know that for myself, the 
Zoom classes and meetings I've been taking and connecting with people like you, who I might not have had a chance to ever meet otherwise, um, has really helped inspire me and get me through all of this chaos. So um, yeah, it'll be, see, it'll be cool to see what happens with it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that there's going to be a nice little mix of both in-person yeah, events, but nice. as well as like virtual, it'll be... Yeah a really beautiful combo of both, yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, Jasmine, I think we're getting toward the end here. So are there any last thoughts you would like to leave our audience with? Oh, the last thought is that we all have this incredible potential within us and that it's really our responsibility to tap into that and to take care of ourselves. And not to say that we can't seek help from other people because we absolutely should. And that is a hundred percent part of it, but that we just got to keep going and that, that we're all meant for amazing things. So, so keep going, keep going. <laughs> I co-sign that wholeheartedly. <laughs> so Jasmine, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Meta Mystic Podcast. You can connect with us online on Instagram at the handle at Meta Mystic Pod. You can connect with me, Tanya, at UmetaWork on Instagram, or you can shoot us an email at metamysticpod at gmail.com. Until next time, be good to people, be good to yourself, stay away from cults, and take some time today to get hella meta. Bye.